following is a presentation of Main Street Media, your source for news, sports, and information on Main Street in Middle Tennessee. Welcome to the Sumner County Sports Podcast with your host, Zach Womble, covering high school sports from all across Sumner County. Now, here's your host, Zach Womble. Hey, everyone. Welcome into another edition of the Sumner County Sports Podcast. It's springtime, so you know what that means. Allergies is in full force. Uh, Not too bad today, though. As you look outside, it's a little bit rainy, uh, a little bit on the cooler side, but you know it's going to be flaring up soon. So get the get the Zyrtec ready, get the Claritin-D ready because you're going to need it if you're like me. As always, please like, subscribe, and rate the podcast wherever you may be listening. You can follow me on Twitter at Zach Womble MSP, our Main Street Preps Twitter account at Main Street Preps. And you can also find us on Facebook under the same tags, which is the Gallatin News, the Hendersonville Standard, and the Portland Sun. Of course, those being our newspapers throughout the county. I want to give a quick shout out to the fans who tune in each and every week. We're closing in on 650 all-time downloads through 30 episodes, and I just want to say thank you so much. I am very grateful for your support. Before we get started today, I do have one final plug for basketball season, and that is for the Gallatin News, the Hendersonville Standard, and the Portland Sun. This Thursday, which is tomorrow, we're recording on Wednesday, this Thursday in the Gallatin News and the Hendersonville Standard, and the next Tuesday in the Portland Sun, we'll feature our all-Sumner County County boys basketball teams putting a bow on the basketball season. It was a lot of fun, but it's time to move on fully and put my full force into spring sports, and I am very excited to do that. So let's do that right now. Let's dive right into the spring sports episode where I've got three interviews this week following games that I covered, whether that be with Gallatin, former Gallatin softball coach Kim Kendrick, Portland baseball coach Scott Steinbrecher, and Hendersonville boys soccer coach Alex Tummins. Starting first off, we've got Coach Kim Kendrick. She led the Gallatin softball, basketball, and volleyball teams during her tenure at GHS. She's a 1973 graduate of the school and a Gallatin legend. She was recently awarded the naming of the Gallatin softball field, so I caught up with her to talk about the honor and what it meant to her. First of all, I'm very humbled and shocked by this honor. Um, it is it is truly an honor to get be recognized by um, <clears throat> stand on this side and walk by my hometown where I played and and loved loved to play um, and had an opportunity a great opportunity to coach um, and um, still love Gallatin High School Athletics today and and always will bleed green and gold. But to have something named after you is just truly, it's an honor and it's very difficult to put into words because when I first started coaching here at Gallatin, softball was um, something that was um, hard to, um, well, let's see, hard to do because it was predominantly slow pitch town Mm -hmm. and the girls you know that came out for the team and played 
were very good athletes, but they'd only played slow pitch. And you're in the district with Beach and Brentwood and Franklin at that time, who were, you know, fast pitchly, you know, fast pitch dominated. And um, it was very difficult, but the girls were very, you know, very willing to learn. And I had a really good group of parents who took some of their daughters to pitching lessons to learn how to pitch so that we could have a pitcher. So um, we had a lot of good parents uh, during that time that, uh, you know, helped get their young ladies to lessons to to learn how to play the game. But um, it still was a struggle. But, you know, we won some games and obviously lost some. But um, as the as time progressed, then we had more and more girls playing travel ball and that helped tremendously. But to have something named after you is uh, something that I'll, I'll never forget today. How did, how did you convince a group of girls to come out and try this sport? Because like you mentioned, you know, Gallatin for a long time, and it still is, they're still fighting that uphill battle of slow pitch uh, softball. So how were you able to just relate to the girls and get them to come out and, and give you everything that they had? Well, uh, first of all, it was a, a lot of girls who played basketball for me. Um, that were playing basketball at the time were also, fortunately, were um, great athletes and they were softball players. And so they had, you know, just came out and they loved the game. And uh, like I said, a lot of, um, you know, a lot of people who played slow pitch at that time came out to try it. And some, you know, stayed and some decided they didn't want to play fast pitch, which I was fine. But I think the thing about, I had, I coached volleyball too at that time. So I think that having some of the familiarity with a lot of the athletes, them, and then they had friends and so on and so forth. Yeah. So I think that's what, how it got started. Yeah, gotcha. How would you assess the state of softball in Gallatin right now? Oh, my goodness. I think it is, I think it is great. Um, there was a person here out here as one of the alumni who was actually on one of the state quarterfinals teams back in the 1980s. And uh, so... Uh, so that was good. And then another young lady that was here, their team went to the substate in 2000 maybe or 2001 maybe. Um, but right now, Saturday, I went over to watch the, um, <clears throat> the middle school girls play. And I am so glad that someone is, has gotten an organization started to help with Lady Wake softball. So I think that it is going in a very positive direction. Uh, I was very impressed with what I saw, and it's so funny, one of my former players is one of the coaches, and I know she knows softball because she was an excellent player herself, but a lot of people have tried to get this going in the past. We tried. I got turned down at the school board um, back in the day, and uh, I'm so glad now that they have just taken it and run with it, and it's only going to continue to make this high school team grow and uh, I'm going to come back and watch them play again and again and again because I from what I hear and I watched them play last year they have a very good team and it's and it's uh, coach Raper has done an excellent job of building this field here and this is amazing field and the excuse me the facilities here you know Gallatin you know will do anything and everything they can to help athletics and I think that that just says it all that this town has, has some people who are willing to put time and effort into starting something to grow. And all I see is it's growing, and, and I'm just very impressed.
for sure. Obviously, there's a lot of history over at Triple Creek Park, but there's probably something super special about having your own home field on campus, wouldn't you think? Oh, absolutely, because every day that we went to practice as a coach, you were always concerned about making sure everybody got there. Yeah. And nothing happened, and we were very fortunate. But again, you just don't know. Right. And so having it here, and it's just got to be, that's just got to be extra special. Yeah. It really does. As someone who wasn't didn't see you your coaching style or watch any of your teams, how, how would you how do you describe yourself as a coach? What kind of coach was Coach Kendricks? Well, t- first of all, totally different from basketball. Anybody that watched me coach basketball know that I was an intense, you know, um, coach. And uh, but in softball, um, I would say that uh, I would like to think that my teams were very fundamental because I still believe that's what wins games is fundamentals. And I think I was very relaxed, uh, you know, giving signals or whatever. But at the same time, I also, you know, demanded that the young ladies give what they, all they had. But I would say that I would, hopefully that people would say that I was a fundamental coach. And I just demanded that the girls be on time. Yeah. And just do the normal things that, that coaches would like for your players to do. And um, that's how I would think that I hope that I would be remembered as a fair coach. But at the same time, they knew that they needed to, um, you know, do the best they could. Very good. Last question, I'll let you go. What drew you to your love of softball? Well, uh, my dad coached baseball when I was growing up, and I'd been around baseball my whole life. I never picked up a softball until I was 18 years old. Okay. And uh, that's when they first started having softball in Gallatin mm-hmm. for women, yeah. you know. So, of course, then I played, and then the rest is history. I fell in love, and then I started playing I started playing major open and traveled all the time and just got in my blood and still is, obviously. I quit playing from the time my daughter was four until I was, till she was like 16 or 17 because she played and traveled and I went with her. And then they have what's called, you know, senior softball now. And I got started, gotten to start playing that and have an opportunity to play and travel all over, you know, playing and just having a great time playing. And, you know, it's just, just fun to be with, uh, you know, be on a team at my age and still get to be competitive and, just playing and having a good time. Congratulations to Coach Kim Kendrick on the honor. I obviously didn't get a chance to cover her during her days at, at GHS, but what, from what I've gathered with everyone I've talked to, she she is a special lady, was a special coach to play under. Um, you can actually check out that full story on MainStreetPreps.com or thegalatonews.com and just see uh, her quotes in written form and, and see you know what all she meant to – to the community. And if, if you're an avid reader of the Gallatin news, you can of course see that in print on Thursday as well. Uh, More on Gallatin this week as former defensive coordinator, Chad Broderick stepped away from the program to take the head coaching gig at white house heritage. Uh, That story is up on mainstreetpreps.com. Chad Broderick is a former head coach at East Robertson. So returning to his Robertson County roots a little bit, uh, you know, he's from White House High School, which is in Sumner County, graduated from Sumner, or excuse me, graduated from White House High School where he was a standout player, um, but a, a really good coach and, and a coach that, that Gallatin is going to miss and a, and a coach that, that White House Heritage is going to enjoy. So I know he's going to do really great, th- really great things uh, back in Robertson County. So the search is on for Gallatin High School on who to replace for Chad Broderick. 
Coming up after the break, let's get into Scott Steinbrecher as well as Alex Tummins. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ed Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931 388 5731 and schedule your tour today. Are you an enthusiastic sports fan? Want to have fun and get in on the action? Heck yes, that'd be awesome. Have great attention to detail? Want to stay active? Definitely. Want to give back to the student athletes in your community? Obviously, yes. Then you'd make an excellent high school sports official. We need more officials in Tennessee. Because with no high school officials, there are no high school sports. Sign up today at highschoolofficials.com. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries and our OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Thank you so much to all of our sponsors for MainStreetPreps.com and Main Street Preps. Sumner County, I'm talking to you. If you want to get in on the action, you can do so. You can reach out to us, and we would be glad to work with you and get your businesses pointed in the right direction with all of our audio and newspaper products. Moving on, though, I saw some really good games this week that featured soccer and baseball, including Portland and Greenbrier baseball. The Panthers were number one in the Tennessee Baseball Coaches Association poll this week, but fell to visiting Greenbrier on Monday, 6-2. to two. You can actually, actually check out that game story, Brett Burwagger's photos on MainStreetPreps.com that highlights the ups, the downs for the Panthers, and mostly the ups for the Bobcats. But let's hear from head coach Scott Steinbrecher following the loss. We got to see more of the, the pitching that we're seeing tonight. Um, you know, so we're still getting uh, – it's adjustment. The guy tonight, I don't – what's his last name? Uh, Miller. Trent Miller. He throws well, man. He throws the ball really well. Um, so I thought we adjusted to it throughout the game. Uh, I thought we did a good job. Uh, let him off the hook. That one inning we got picked off. 
you can't do that in big games. Um, I think three of their four runs were free bases. I think two walks and hit by pitch. You can't do that in big games. Yeah. It's a little things. Um, it hadn't hurt us in the first 11 games, um, even though we've been harping at them. Um, but sometimes uh, experience is the best teacher. And so that's one of the things we'll talk about. Um, I thought we played well. I thought we played it hard. Um, but, you know, I, I, you just can't – the little things will bite you in the end. It's like at White House, three three errors, I think, tonight, three hit by pitches, like you said, twice picked off, maybe once at second, once at third. It just – like you said, the little things again. But it, uh, kind of the same situation. You bounce back, you got to play again tomorrow, an opportunity yeah. to take one on the road. So it's just that quick turnaround, right? Well, hopefully you, you, you can play tomorrow. I mean, it's, it's the best part of baseball. Um, is you don't have to wait a week to play, you get, or you only you don't just get two games a week. I mean, we have four games on tap this week. Yeah. Um, so some of our guys have bounced back in, in different roles, and, uh, and and so it's a beautiful part of it. And I, and I feel confident our guys will handle it, and we'll go and give it our best shot tomorrow. And we'll we have a full full staff. Um, and these kids are pretty resilient. I mean, you saw us in the dugout. I mean, most most teams would have folded. A lot of kids, high school kids, are front runners. Um, or they can do really well when it's out front. But I mean, this group's shown we can do both. Even when we're losing, we'll fight. We'll fight. We didn't come out on top, but, like, I can't I can't be mad at them. They weren't down in the dugout. They were grinding every bat, every pitch. It just didn't work, and that's that's baseball sometimes. How did you keep Hunter's mentality just up? up? Because, you know, it, it's tough as a pitcher when you see eight, nine, ten pitch, you know, at-bats because they're just fouling them off, no. fouling them off. It can be, I'm sure it can be easy to get down on yourself. So how you how did you keep them up? I mean, I think it really don't have to with Hunter because he's just so competitive. Yeah. Um, and so it's one of those things that if it is a six, seven pitch bat, he's just going to compete even harder. Yeah. Uh, he's going to execute a little bit harder. And the good thing is he has three pitches, um, so he knows he can just keep mixing it up. And he's got confidence in himself that eventually he'll make the pitch you get yourself out on. Um, but, I mean, hats off to them. They do. I mean, they battle. They don't give in. Uh, they may like make life hard. And so uh, it's the first time we Richie had felt that really this year. Uh, he didn't get to throw versus White House. Um, I think it's the first time anybody's kind of putting a little pressure on him, and he handled it pretty well. I haven't seen Creekwood or, or Montgomery Central, but it just it seems like District 9 3, much like basketball, is anyone's, anyone's ball game. Has, have you come to that conclusion as well? Yeah, from what I've heard and what I've talked about, um, every game's a battle. I mean, we might look up and you might have a, might be the first time ever, you might have everybody at four and four and everybody split. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't ask me what the tiebreaker is there because I don't <laughs> think we have one. I think it's just a five-way coin flip. Yeah. Um, I think the team that maybe can get a sweep um, might be the team that sits at five and three and is your district champs. And the team you might be, you might be four and four in second place. Yeah, yeah, tough district. Tough district indeed. You know, but Portland stands a good chance at, at winning that district. They have a they have a very good baseball team, no doubt about it. A very good baseball team, and I know I've seen them lose twice now, and and some coaches. Or maybe joking that I should stop coming to their games. They were obviously just just kidding. Um, it's just unfortunate for them that the two games that I've seen them play this year they've they, that they've lost. So I've actually got plans to go see them again on Friday when they play Joe Burns. So you know if they do drop that game, maybe maybe there is something. Maybe maybe I do got to stay away uh, from Portland High School baseball. But regardless, they're a very good baseball team. They can hit the ball. They've got good pitching. They're good fielders. So I'm interested to see just how their season plays out. And, and it's and it's kind of fun. Well, not funny, but, you know, it's Portland for the longest time struggled in the old District 938, which featured teams like Gallatin, Station Camp, Hendersonville Beach, Lebanon, Wilson Central, Mount Juliet. You know, whether it be basketball, baseball, softball, whatever, it was just really tough for them in that district because, you know, they're they're a smaller school compared to, to those schools that I just listed. Now, you know, with TSSAA going to four classifications, 
for all the bad things that are said about four classes, Portland is one of those schools that benefit from those four classes, much like the rest of the schools in their district, because now they're able to compete with teams much more on their level as far as numbers-wise is concerned. So I don't think it's any coincidence you've seen the best seasons from like Portland boys baseball or excuse me, Portland boys basketball, uh, baseball now doing well. So I think them being in this new District 9-3A is really good for them. So uh, excited to see how their teams play out this year because I think they got a really good chance uh, to, to make a run at it come, come May. Closing out the show today is going to be Hendersonville soccer coach Alex Tummins following his team's uh, first loss of the season to CPA last week, 3-1. to one. Um, The 3-1 score was not indicative of how close the match was and, you know, Tom Gerlach, the, the CPA coach, alluded to that during my interview with him. Of course, you're only going to hear from Tummins, but you know he was he said you know the the score isn't indicative of just how close this game was, and it it exactly was close. I mean, Hendersonville took a one nothing lead. CPA was able to kind of steal a goal with a minute left in the half, and then in the second half was able to take advantage of two Hendersonville miscues on the back line. But I tell you what, this Commando soccer team is the real deal. They were the number one team. Um, in the rankings for Class 4A coming into that match. You know, Tummins kind of gets into that a little bit on the audio. You know, them and Station Camp, they're going to – I think they're going to battle it out for the top two teams in the county. Beach is really good. Gallatin's going to be solid. They're always going to be a tough match. You know, there's only four teams in the district. So, you know, everyone's automatically going to move on to the district tournament. So we're going to see how that plays out. So that makes that number one, that number two seed, that much more important, that much more vital. Um, but regardless, even though they lost to a really good CPA team who moved up in Division II um, from, from single A to double A, that CPA team is probably going to make a run at the state tournament, maybe even win the state tournament. So uh, they showed well. Their midfield looked really good. But let's hear what Tummins has to say and explain in his own words just how he was feeling after the 3-1 loss. Um, I heard you. I heard you say to the coaches um, that you needed tonight. You know, you're obviously six and zero coming in, and you didn't hadn't lost a scrimmage yet. So maybe you're maybe you're kind of feeling high, feeling yourself. So I guess in your own words, what 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 positives can you can you pull from this match? Um, you know, uh, yeah, you know, their CPA is a very good team, very well coached. Um, we knew that coming in. Um, you know, I, I think uh, not really having too much adversity so far. Uh, is going to be good for us in the long run. Uh, that's always scheduled games like CPA. Uh, I mean, they're going to be in the state tournament, probably favorite, maybe favorites to win it in D2. So, um, you know, I'm proud of our effort. Um, but hopefully this this makes us realize that, you know, we have to show up for every game, especially with the schedule that we have. But, um, you know, I didn't get the team prepared well enough. And so uh, we'll have to go back and get ready for independence on Tuesday. You know, it really felt like you guys were able to dominate the midfield in, in, the, in the attack in the first half. Obviously, it led to a one nothing lead. It did feel like they, they stole one late. So, I guess, two-part question. Did did their goal late kind of take away some momentum heading into the locker room? And then what changed uh, for, for them and the, for you guys and them in the second half? Because, obviously, in the second half, it was a different game. Right, yeah. I mean, um, that's what we told them at halftime. Like, our, our midfield, we've got three great players in there. Um, and we've, you know, I felt that we could really exploit – uh, CPA there um, we just didn't get the final the final ball uh, going forward even in the second half even after the second goal we had a lot of chances they were just yeah. from, from distance and that's something we've been trying to work on is just combinations in the final third but um, I mean give CPA a lot of credit obviously they made adjustments at halftime and then exploited us in a couple of mistakes that we made towards the end so um, it's just one of those things you know good teams find find and exploit weaknesses and 
um, and mistakes, and, and we just didn't get it done tonight. Yeah, that's what their coach said. He said, I don't think a 3-1 score is indicative of, of how close this, this match was. Uh, obviously, you, you guys have a really good team. I mean, I hope that doesn't get lost in it. What has been kind of the key to just the success so far this year for you guys? I told the boys uh, the very first day we met, our leadership on the team is going to take us as far as we want to go. And and so far, the boys have really bought in and uh, been good leaders. Um, and, you know, it, it seems like we're, we're combining and gelling. And it's still an ongoing process. We still have, you know, freshmen getting a lot of time and uh, new guys and, and things like that. So it's going to take time. And, you know, that's one thing they need to kind of understand is this is a, a marathon. It's not a it's not a sprint. So, you know, maybe starting off 6-0 and and – the first two weeks of the season was probably not the best thing for us, but, um, you know, hopefully now we can just get back to doing what we do best. And, you know, tonight I didn't think we necessarily played very well. We played hard, but we didn't play well. Um, and so that's on me again. But, um, you know, we got a lot of season left and a lot of big games left and a lot of tough teams on our schedule. So, um, you know, it, hopefully we can learn from this and learn from the mistakes we made and capitalize on other teams' mistakes. Yeah, certainly. I mean, you mentioned the, the, the tough schedules. you got Independence next, and then you go to play Beard and three quality teams in Beard and Farragut and Science Hill. I guess how do you navigate this this little stretch to uh, keep the guys, you know, obviously you want to go in and win, but, you know, what are you really looking for out of this out of this four-game stretch? I'm just looking for resiliency, um, looking for just how do we overcome adversity. And that was the thing I told the boys before the game. I said, you know, there's going to be adversity today. Um, you know, we may get scored on. We may we may lose the game. How do we respond? That's what I just kind of talked to him about is how do we respond? That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for leadership. Um, but, yeah, it's a tough stretch, but we do it every year, you yeah. know. Um, we just went through a six-game and eight-day stretch before this. Yeah. Um, you know, we, uh, we've got we got independence, and then we've got those teams in Knoxville, and then we turn around and we play Brentwood, and we turn yeah. around and get in the district. So yeah. there's no time to, to catch our breath, but that's, that's kind of why we do it. So it gets us ready for May. So hopefully – the lessons we're learning now, the adversity we're learning now, carries over and, and helps us, you know, get better till we get to May. That was Alex Tummins, Hendersonville boys soccer coach. Um, quick hit on Hendersonville boys soccer: they actually defeated Independence uh, on Tuesday night, six to nothing, on Teacher Appreciation Night. So they were able to bounce back. I believe they're seven and one now, looking really good, looking really good. And, uh, you know, that field that they play on was recently named after former commando head coach Russ Plummer. So that is now Russ Plummer Stadium. And so, um, you know, great job by Hendersonville bouncing back. And, yeah, they've got a big stretch coming up this week at the Bearden Tournament in East Tennessee where they'll take on Bearden, uh, Science Hill, and Farragut. Three really tough games. But as he alluded to, their their schedule's tough. But you know what? When you're in a four-team district, you got to play a tough out-of-conference schedule so it gets you ready. And you know, no disrespect to their region, but when you're, you know, when you're matching up with teams like Hunters Lane or McGavick or Antioch in the region, you know, it, it, it can be a little bit easier than maybe you want it to be. So you know, I, I fully expect the top two teams in Sumner County to get to that sectional round again. Well, they'll probably face like a Brentwood or Franklin, and then that round will be super, super tough. So. Uh, again, thanks to Alex Tummins for the audio, and again, congrats on the bounce back win. Little extra innings baseball this week. Just want to give a quick shout out to the Tennessee baseball team for their series sweep over Little Brother Vanderbilt. Vandy fans, I'm sorry, but you know you you had something going for you for a long time. I hope you enjoyed it. Hope you can stare at those two natties because Tennessee has now taken the only thing that you have going for yourself. Well, I guess, you know, I guess you got women's bowling to be proud of. So, you know, there's that. But baseball now belongs to the team 
in the East. And I've seen a lot of Andy fans over the last 48 hours just preying on the Tennessee downfall. You know what? You're probably right. I'm sure the offensive production cannot continue to live up to what it has done. It's a 30-minute show. It would take me longer to list all the categories that Tennessee leads in the offensive side of things. But you know what? Pitching. Pitching will not go away, and unless minus injuries, of course. You know, if there's injuries to to the pitching staff, whether that be Drew Beam, Chase Dollander, Chase Burns, getting back Blake Tidwell, uh, Ben Joyce. I mean, <laughs> goodness gracious. I mean, I could go on and on. It really would be a disappointment if Tennessee doesn't make it to Omaha and make a run at this thing. But just wanted to give a quick shout-out to the boys in Orange for their series sweep over Vandy. So, That will do it for this week's episode of the Sumner County Sports Podcast. As always, I'm going to take a shot in that there basket and see if I can't make it for a third week in a row. See what we got here. Woo-hoo-hoo! Banks open, baby! I'll see you next week. This has been the Sumner County Sports Podcast with your host, Zach Womble who covers high school sports all across Sumner County. Follow him on Twitter at Zach Wommel MSP and always online at MainStreetPreps.com. This is your announcer and bandy apologist, J.P. Plant, with his feelings hurt. Have a great week. This has been a Main Street Media production.